It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. G'day legends and welcome to the Pot Noodle by Sonic Gananda. I'm your host Jared and joining me tonight is one of the OGs and original guy Johnny. How you doing mate? I'm good Jared, I'm good. I was just talking to you off pod there about um, been on site a lot uh, for the last couple of weeks which has been weather-wise a bit on and off but it's been nice to be out of the office and seeing some of the more derelict parts of Brisbane I guess and yeah digging nice things. So, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's been good for the last couple of weeks. I've been enjoying it. No, it's good, mate. It's good keeping you busy. That's the main thing. That and, yes, I'm just uh, going to comment before anyone does there. Yes, we're normally on a Wednesday. Um, we're changing up the shows. This thing, So we're going to have a live stream on a Monday night, our time, and at the same time on Thursday night. So we'll have that, but then we'll still have the other content coming out on the channel's pre-recorded videos as well. So the channel's growing. We're just adjusting how we're doing it. So um, the pot noodle has gone from Wednesdays to Monday now. So I don't know. We'll see how it goes, but should be fine. The diet is changing. We're having our pot noodles on a Monday. Exactly. It's back to the original uh, place spot that we had for this uh, podcast when it first started four years ago or something like that. The, the pod was on a Monday night, so we're back in our original time slot. We'll see. So it's good fun. Big full circle, yeah. Yeah, we're gonna we've got a bit to talk about tonight. So um clearly we've got the game on the weekend to talk about. As you can see in the, the heading headline and the name of the episode is Carl Starfelt played his last game for Celtic. We'll discuss that obviously. Um and then we're gonna talk about who we should potentially replace him with, whatever. So if he does move on. So light up that comment section, put in your any your thoughts on the game? Whenever we're talking about a topic, chuck your thoughts in there. Put the um, put who you think we should look to replace him with if stuff out does leave, and we'll try and make the show as interactive as possible. Knowing full well that we're over here in Australia as well, so the Matildas are about to play at eight thirty. So you might try and get the show done by then, so people can watch the uh, watch our Women's World Cup game that's coming up shortly. So we'll crack on, Johnny. So. Flag day, four win, four two, the Celtic. Now I'm going to just go through the um, starting lineup because going into the game, I think the majority of us had the thoughts of what's the starting lineup going to be, and there was two question marks. Like I went on Axon last Thursday, and we we're talking about it, and the two areas, the front three, Abada, Maeda, Kyogo, they pretty much picked themselves. That's what yeah. we all expected. Then it was coming down to midfield. Is it going to be Turnbull? Is it going to be 
I actually thought it'd be Hatade, Turnbull, uh, O'Reilly, and Kelmack, but then at the same time, I thought if Turnbull come in, O'Reilly would drop out, not Hatade. So that was one to, that was a spot to look at there. And then it was who's going to start at centre back? Is it can is it and who's going to start at right back? Is it a water at right back? Is it Ralston? Is it Carter Vickers and Starfeld? Or is it or was it Naroki? We all got our answers. So um, yeah, it was a bit of an interesting sort of lineup there. We got a debut boy starting there in Naroki at left centre back. What was your thoughts when you saw the starting lineup, John? Yeah, I think much as you've kind of alluded to, I was I was somewhat shocked at some of the decisions, um, or surprised I should say. Um, I think from what I, especially from what I was saying last week, I was surprised that Turnbull got the nod. Um, I, not, I mean, look, I, I was going to say not so much that I think he's a bad player. I clearly didn't think he was uh, necessarily good enough for our squad. I'm happy to admit that. Uh, I probably would have said uh, in hindsight that um, I think archetypally he's quite similar to O'Reilly, so you, you probably would have played them together. Um, but you know that's that's the that was the decision that was made, and, and it's clearly paid off. I think he played an absolutely phenomenal game. Um, maybe Turnbull, the you know the style that he plays um, just suits Roger's system more. I mean, we might see more of this. This might be an upward trajectory for Turnbull and start of good things and stuff. So that was definitely a big surprise for me. I guess like the Rousen thing isn't a huge surprise. It was like his first game um, where from from Roger's interview post match, it was his first sort of game. Um, where he was, uh, you know, fit enough to actually play 90 minutes. So um makes sense to play a right-back rather than sort of a makeshift right-back. I think everybody else was just kind of, yeah. I mean, O'Reilly, I guess, um, you could have said Hatate instead, but I guess with the Turnbull situation, everybody else sort of just sort of fitted together. Um, somewhat of a uh, surprise with the Starfelt stuff, as the title suggests, um, but I probably would have said that our new centre-back signing this is going to be the pairing, so um, yeah, I guess that I will, you know, if I was to to you know put money down on it, I'd have said Naroki would have started, but a couple of surprises, question marks, but overall, decent squad, decent starting lineup. Yeah, just for me with um with Naroki, it's like we spent a lot of money on him, and I know we're trying to you know strengthen the squad overall, and especially for Europe. So you look, he got Carter Vickers, which is a six million pound centre back. You got Naroki at like five million, and you got staff out. We paid. Paid four for there's fifteen million for three players who can only play two positions. So yeah, it really doesn't surprise me in a way that Naroki got the start. Um, I thought he looked pretty, pretty solid overall. Yep, me too. Um, the only the one thing that I've seen anyone mention on online and in um, the comments here, it's already been brought up, was he got out jumped for one of their goals for their mm-hmm. their first goal. Yeah. Other than that, I don't I don't really think he did anything wrong, but. It's not just Naroki who's done that because, okay, we've had so many other players in the past who have had who have been out-jumped at centre-back. Like, what's our Bermuda Triangle of centre-backs that I, I refer to on the pod a few times, Johnny? Guys like Effie Ambrose. Yeah. Guys like Dedrick Boyata, Jozo Siminovich. There's a whole bunch of those sort of guys there. I'm just rattling off three in a row there that also – weren't that great. So it's like, we're going to give him time. I'm sure he'll come right. But yeah, it was, um, I'm not going to point the finger too bad. Okay. Naroski. No. Thank you, uh, Michael Ross, pronouncing his name wrong. Naroski. <laughs> there we go. Appreciate Naroski, that. Let's just call him Rocky. I think that's, I like yeah. that name. That's his so, official name. Yep. Yeah, so overall, um, yeah, I thought it didn't surprise me. He started and then the midfield, why I was unsure, and I thought it'd be Hatade'd start, and it'd either be O'Reilly or Turnbull. John was because under Ange, any time O'Reilly and Turnbull played together, it was like too similar of a player, if that made sense. Hmm. And there wasn't enough dig in the midfield. That's what I I thought last season. Um, to have them both out there, Turnbull, yeah, he scored a few goals, he did well, but yeah, he's just got to get back in it after having barely played for so long, but. Yeah, I just thought the midfield was a little lightweight, in my opinion, but that'll come over time as well, getting used to the, the Rogers system. like I suppose we've got to get used to looking at it as well and going, all right, 
our midfielders aren't going to be pressing straight away. Our forwards aren't going to be pressing straight away. We're going to be, once we've got the ball, it's more, if we can't get the ball through, recycle it, next pass, next pass, next pass, and get back to playing Brendan ball again. Yeah. Yeah, that way, get back to that. Like, for me, I'm looking at it going, we're not going to be as careless with the ball. Like, under Ange, we'd try the aggressive pass, and that's something that Hatade was really good at. We'd go those long aggressive passes and if we didn't get it we'd be pressing them on top of someone within like half a second so we'd win the ball back yeah we don't we look like we're not playing that way under under brendan and when you look back to his last time as the club his teams aren't as aggressive in the press so it doesn't surprise me but we've got as a fan base get used to oh yeah it's a slightly different style of football again yeah yeah, I mean, does it feel aggressive? I guess, I guess under Ange, it was very exciting with like the direct passing, which Hatate was very, very good at. Um, I, 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 somebody mentioned in the comments weeks ago, like, I, and I, I couldn't stick it again as well. If we go back to that passing back to the defense and rotating around the back four and then back up the other side, I, 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 I will not be able to swallow that again. That's just, it's, it's boring to watch. Um, but it wins his games. That's that's for sure. It's the possession football wins games. Um, I, I do. I think there's a balance there, um, which is why I think I was under the illusion that there'd be a bit more of a, a balance between the, the the sort of type of midfielders that we were going to start. Um, we might still see it. It's the first game of the season, right? We might still see um, having Hatate coming on with those very direct passing and stuff, and um, and slightly less defensive. And I mean. I guess what we've got is, I think we've got Turnbull's a Roger Rogic esque player where he doesn't do much movement. He seems to do that very sort of skillful thing where he dominates the space and that's what the, he's just going to um, push up from attacking position, sort of higher up the pitch. And then we've got maybe Matt O'Reilly's more of the box to box type player, but they're not too dissimilar. Um, so we might just had first game of the season we wanted to control the midfield and obviously it worked we won the game overall there was probably moments where I'd have preferred that direct passing but our, our passing was quite sloppy to be honest so um, maybe it was not the right game to to have that type of uh, player on the pitch like Hatate with the O'Reilly role Phil in the midfield under Rogers, I see him as the uh, Armstrong sort of role alongside yeah. your Rogic with Bruni behind sort of thing Kelmack doesn't have that same Bruni steel. He's a different sort of number six. So it's going to be a little bit different. But, yeah, I think O'Reilly's more the guy who's going to play like the, the role that Armstrong played for us previously. Yep. And Turnbull will play right. that Rogic role. So, yeah, I think that worked out well. So I'm going to do bring up some comments and then we'll jump on to the actual game in general. So, hail, hail, Dominic. Thanks for tuning in. G'day, Patrick, Andrew, Mickey. Thanks for tuning in. All, all the regulars. Cracking picture. <laughs> I love it. That's part of why I brought it up too. <laughs> uh, what do we got here? Hi, Pat. Paul, how, how, mate? Thanks for tuning in again. What else we got here? So... We've got a comment here, Michael Ross, Sevco's new new look side, very enjoyable to watch. Yeah, we'll discuss that later on. A bit of zombie watch happening at the end of the pod. <laughs> it was nice to see some of those Rangers fans in their Vatican colours. That was that was Brilliant. a sight to yeah. The Vatican Guard out there. Yeah. You know. Brilliant. So um I'm gonna bring up this comment here from Dominic because it ties into my overall thoughts on the game, John which is what I was going to ask you, was thought we played slightly under par, still rusty, but we won and it's more than Sevco. So that's what Dominic's saying. And I'd have to agree with that. For me, I look at the game and go the first probably 15, 20 minutes, I think Ross County got the better of us. Not in terms of overall play, but they got the better opportunities. Hmm. And they looked more threatening, went racking up a bunch of corners. Then we finally settled into the game and off we went and we got into our rhythm with our pass, pass, look for the ball, everything, so on. And then we went about our business. So I'm thinking overall we were probably the better team the second half of the of the first half, if that makes sense. And 
Yeah, and then the second half, I thought it was um, we're pretty we're pretty on in control, like the old Rogers style of play that we talk about. You know, get the ball, just recycle, pass, 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 pass teams to death. Where that used to annoy me back in the day was if you're one goal up and you're doing it, but it does help when you get a couple of early goals and you get ahead and then you just cruise. It's like cruise control through to victory. It's not like it's basically like you're going from, you know just watching a sprint race to a marathon, if that makes sense. Angels is all all intensity, all sprint, and then it's like, okay, let's just slow it down and off we go. So, um, yeah, but what was your overall thought on the way the game played out? Um, I think um, the comment kind of summed it up, to be honest. I think it definitely was an under par performance. Um, I think um, the uh, Matt O'Reilly and Turnbull interview afterwards, I think the players – think the same i think it's i think we can all it's all pretty apparent you, you make a good point about the switching between the and system and the, and the roger system and i guess there still is it's only like a handful of games that we've really had Six under games. yeah do you know what i mean so um i guess switching in between that intensity I, it'll be interesting to see somebody very some um statistician will be able to tell me uh maybe in a halfway through the season whether they brendan system or and system is better but um i don't really remember hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the priceline app today your savings are waiting Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Maybe the first six games under Ange's first season, but I really remember feeling as worried, getting as dominated for a first 20 minutes of a game like that. Um, we always seem to kind of shock tactics, if you like, with oppositions because we were sort of bang and like oh right we're in their final th- they're in you know we're in, they're in our final third sort of thing so we just have to defend 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 um and i think the slower pace has, has maybe invited um teams like county to come up and and have a go and stuff and i mean maybe that or clearly to that de- to their detriment but um and whether that continues we'll see um but uh, yeah it, w- it was definitely an under par performance there's, there's no doubt about it I, like i said before i think we were dead sloppy with passing i think there's some really rookie mistakes i know you mentioned uh, first half versus second half performance, but uh, I think first half. I mean, look, the Rouston situation that could have been a penalty. Um, it would have been a soft penalty if um, the ref gave that with where Hart sort of, you know. I, I mean, see, looking back on hindsight, looking at the the highlights and stuff, um, I, I think Hart did the right thing. I don't think Hart's to blame in this situation because Rouston effectively backpassed, right? So um, sort of chipping over and passing back to Hart. So uh, I don't think he could have picked it up. He had to do something with it. Just maybe a bit more urgency would have been would have been good. Um, but it, but it would have been a soft pen. Throw it. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. And I think um, the R pen, uh, the one that uh, Taylor got, I think uh, that kind of gave us a bit of a lifeline, to be honest. I think we were not doing that great until that, that to that point. Um, but that's fine. You know, it's all swings and roundabouts. Uh, second half, uh, yeah, I agree. We, we were far more comfortable, but I think the the county first first county goal was just sloppy defending, really sloppy. It just we just turned off. I mean that I can't remember who it was. I think it was double check with it. I think it was White. Yeah, White. I think it was completely unmarked. It was it, nobody was marking him. He just came in and it just had a complete chance at goal, and it was a good goal if you like. It was a slightly lucky goal. He managed to get it right up and then right down and went in but that was just that was just been asleep basically so i think there was definitely there was a lot to improve on um and uh, look if it was a tougher opponent maybe we wouldn't have won a game like that to be honest maybe it would have been a draw but um 
but you know but both the two big Glasgow sides I guess if you like uh, had easier opponents and that's the difference you know you, you win games you lose games who does <laughs> yeah yeah good one yeah yeah no see like yeah, you, at the end of the day it's three points is three points so you can't you gotta go take what you can you get and we we manufactured the win so that's all that really matters but there's a lot to improve on so I just yeah. want to touch on a few things, Johnny, before we get into the individual player performances. But so with the goal scored, you mentioned about the penalty before. It was good. That was a settling penalty. Got us got us controlled back into it. Now, got some comments here I want to bring up. I'm just trying to scroll back up to them. So Andrew Galea was, we let a poor team dominate in the first 15 minutes outwork to them in the midfield. And then Michaels responded saying we could have been two down in that period, which I agree yeah. with. On top of that, once we scored, I want to give credit there because there was a triple save that he made between, I think, our first and our second. I think it was, or second and third. I think it was after our second and third. That's right. And, like, if that was at the other end of the field, I had my doubts that Joe Hart would have done that. Like, he would have saved the first, but I don't, then he's got the speed to get up and then go and get the second one. And I'm not mocking hard. I'm just saying, like, their keep was in form. Mm. So it could have been more than the 4-2. And we didn't play that well overall, as you, you touched on, and people in the comments have touched on as well here. But as Mickey Mont, they played a county for coming out swinging. Yep. I like seeing a team come out and actually play, try and play football. Like, yep. It was it was it was good to see for sure. Um, and, and maybe I, I was thinking about this. I, I forgot to actually look it up. I think maybe maybe a symptom um, of the particular game was uh, we hadn't had as many games preseason because of previous European qualifying matches. Normally, we get through these shaky periods earlier on in our season because we, we need to qualify for the Champions League, right? Or, or trying to qualify for a European competition. So we get yep. through some of the the um, playoff rounds and stuff like that. And these types of performances where we're still kind of um, in holiday mode, if you like, um, we just need to sort of shake that that dust off and then crack on. And then normally are sort of into the season swinging sort of thing. And I don't think we have that luxury, but... Um, I don't know. I, that, that's not necessarily a bad thing, to be honest. Like, I think it's it's obviously extremely early. So, I think I don't think all results particularly matter. Or performances certainly don't. I think results matter. But um, I think you know, yeah. Like, it's 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 probably just a symptom of we're not having as many games before preseason is why we're a little bit sloppy. Let's look at it this way, Johnny. Ange first come in, and his first six games, as you mentioned, was average. At the end of that season, we won the league. People weren't talking about those games at the start of the season, were they? Exactly. Yeah. And as you exactly. just said there, we've got we picked up the three points. Across town they've dropped points. It's like it's a massive weekend early on in terms of the overall scheme of things. Come the end of the season, we win the we win the comp, we go straight into the Champions League again, and then they, they don't, then I'm not gonna remember oh who back pass that Ralston that the Joe Hart had Bobby Madden actually stand up for him and say that's not a penalty on social media. Yeah. Stuff like that happened. I'm not going to remember that at the end of the season. I might remember some bits here and there, but I'm not going to remember who misplaced passes and yeah. you know that the midfield was slight was over was overworked and that Hatade looked like he was sitting on the bench having a bit of a strop because he didn't he didn't start. Things like that. It's like at the end of the day, it's it's a it's a marathon over the course of the season. But yeah. I'll bring up some comments here. So Mahesh has brought up a stats one for us that the good news is Celtic had a 66 accuracy of shots on target. Best in Ange ball achieved was 50%. The mid-speed ball playing in the final third leading to a greater accuracy rather than high-speed Ange ball, which is what I was talking about earlier about the whole try and just get the pass through and win it back. Patrick McLaughlin is – we've kind of got, got, too, got used to the swashbuckling first 30 minutes for a while, haven't we? Sure have, and and you know it's it's entertaining. <laughs> At the end of the day, it's very entertaining to watch. But you know, if we're all honest with each other, 
in a balanced way, are we more, uh, do we care more about a, an electric draw or loss or are we more caring about a slightly passive win? I think that's, you know, it says a lot, right? We'd, we'd much rather uh, dominate a game, passing it around for 90 minutes and still winning the match than absolutely smashing the um, keeper, the offensive keeper and getting a draw. So, which we never got to be fair. We still were getting wins, but we'd, I think overall the point is it's you like Mahesh was saying, it's more accurate. We, we want to be in that sort of two thirds and above range, but it's shots and target accuracy and stuff. So, so good, Mickey, good says, squad. Mickey says here, John, to be honest, I think the dominance we had in Ange ball had a flip side of not testing our defense enough when we encountered better teams in the champions league for That's sure. The, that definitely plays into us as well. And I actually feel a bit more, Settled, having seen the way Naroki, sorry Naroski came in and played on the on the weekend alongside Carter Vickers, and then going, okay, cool, that looks that looks odd. They've got to grow and develop a partnership, but they did get a bit of a test as well early on. So, and then Patrick McLaughlin's a wee bit of a shock to the system when we get pinned back early doors. And uh, oh. as Mark Ross says here, early days. Though three points clear of them, exactly. Yeah. The first three, yeah, it's uh, yeah. You're absolutely right. It's uh, we 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 suffered in Europe because uh, we played so high up the pitch domestically um, that when we got to Europe, we played better opposition, and we never had the luxury of pinning the opposition right up against it, up in their final third sort of thing. So we, we need. I mean, our defense is still pretty wobbly, to be honest. It's not. Doesn't it doesn't inspire me necessarily with huge amounts of confidence that you know our back four is not as strong as our, our front three in any you know what I mean like it's we we, we it, it needs to be more balanced and we don't really have that balance we're very top heavy if you like um, so maybe sometimes uh, having teams getting opportunities to you know I don't know if pinned back is the the way that I would describe it but um, playing better than what we would normally expect. Um, might actually just keep our defence a bit sharper for the more important games like Champions League. Yep, exactly. Keep them switched on. So with the goals conceded, I just want to talk about their two goals. The first one we've spoken about, Narosky gets out jumped. And on top of that, you've got our shortest player on the back post in Kyogo. Yeah. I think those are the two issues that play well together. If you had a taller player on the back post, would have cleared that instead of Kyogo just missed it by maybe an inch or two. So they had someone a little bit taller and what happens? They don't get that first goal, even though Naroski got out jumped. Second one, Carl Starfelt's potential last action in the Celtic jersey is an own goal. The way he was a whipping boy in his first season at the club and he was a whipping boy not just... On social media, on this podcast, he Sean used to rip into him all the time, and we're talking <laughs> right about so. it. Oh, I know, but I'm looking at it going, you see what Naroski's done as he's come in, and the performance he's put in, how short he looks, and then you look staff out, and it's like, okay, you can see why he was the guy on the bench, and. Yeah. Yeah, it's just not. It's just if that's the way for him to sign off at the club, then that's just perfect staff out for us. Is the way everyone's spoken about him. Yeah, but I look. I, the the I think I think the first goal had a big um, healthy dollop of luck involved. Um, I don't know how many times you could recreate that uh, scenario and have the ball dip that quick and just happen to go in the you know the side side of the goal sort of thing. Um, uh, yeah, I think maybe Starfelt's, I think partly might be to do with off the pitch is why he didn't start as well. You know, not all, but partly. Um, and it was unfortunate. I mean, look, it was it was a, a wild attempt um, at goal and, you know, it, and he stuck a foot out doing what a defender should do. And I mean, to be fair, it's one of the things that goalkeepers practice a lot is those types of balls. So see... And this is going to sound a bit harsh, but I, I do think Hart is somewhat to blame for that. He's not he's not entirely to blame and it's not, you know, I don't know, 20% or something like that. But those are the types of scenarios that goalkeepers practice a lot is those sort of 
um, ricocheting, bouncing up balls. Um, so <laughs> potentially with a slightly better keeper, more reactive keeper, um, that goal wouldn't have happened. But maybe I'm, what I'm thinking is an absolute worldie of a goalkeeper and we might not quite be able to afford that. Um, but yeah, so both, both goals were slightly unfortunate, I would say. Bit of bit of bit of luck involved. Yeah, hundred percent there, Johnny. But at the end of the day, we still got the win. So onwards and upwards we go. As I said in the group chat straight after the game, my my thoughts was pretty simple. Average was a bit of a tough one overall. Like it was not what we're used to, but we got the win and there's room for improvement. So on onwards and upwards we go. On to the next one, basically. For sure. Yep. Yep. And we've got um, a tough away match, I believe, is the next one. Is it Aberdeen? Uh, I think so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're starting to test ourselves a bit more there, sort of ramping up the difficulty, I guess, where they finished third last season. So, you know, it's definitely we'll see more of where we're at in those types of games as well, I think. Yep, 100%. So some individual players from the game, just wanted to touch on. First one for me. Kyogo's performance, dropping deeper, getting more involved. Unbelievable. Good to see Good to there's see. more strength his bow. Yeah, absolutely. Totally agree. That type of um, forward that we need as well so in, the, in that build-up play. So Andrew has commented Kyogo was brilliant. And then Michael Ross was, to be honest, some good performances individually, but a bit disjointed as a whole. I think that sums yeah. it up pretty well as well. Very, very, very fair. And it is, you're absolutely right, Jared. It's really good to see that Kyogo is not just that poacher type, that he actually has quite a well-rounded game. He's, oh, look, touch wood here, and I, I generally hope he doesn't, but we'll, we'll not have him at Celtic forever. You know, he's he's a he's a very good player. They'll, they'll, he'll spark interest. He's he's getting into the territory now, which is if he continues to improve at the rate he does, um, he could potentially go for... Good money. I don't know. It might be. Was he twenty seven, twenty eight? So it's not going to be astronomical. But um, you know, it could, it could be one last big move for him, and which I think, at the rate that he's he's developing, it's more than he deserves. It's all that he deserves. Sorry, it's definitely all that he deserves. The thing with Kyogo as well, though, John, is it's like we've only ever seen him playing in Ange ball. If that makes sense as Celtic fans. Yep. So we've only ever yep. seen him pressing and working hard and being the guy on the end of the crosses coming in, starting offside position. Like the goal he scored on the weekend, he started a mile offside, ball goes to Abada, Abada plays him on side with the pass, bang, one touch in. That's yep. what we've seen from Kyogo for the last two years. That's what we're used to. So seeing him come in and playing as a centre forward, but dropping deeper to get the ball and spray it out to the wingers to then use his speed to get back in, putting the centre backs in two minds. Do I come with Kyogo up to the ball and now open up room for, say, Abada to run into or Maeda to run into, or do I hold off and let the midfielders cover him, but then know that then once he gets the ball and he plays that pass out, he's going to run off those guys and be coming in at the centre-backs with a full head of steam behind him with his speed and agility. It's kind of like, what do you do? You can't get it right as a defender. So I actually think that's going to unlock him even more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Yep. And 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 the best players um, continually evolve their game, right? So... Uh, they, they, exactly as you're saying, like they, it only takes a season for teams to figure out. So, you, you know, if you stick to the exact same thing that you've always done, you'll you'll just get you'll just get caught out. And good players evolve and change the game and add more versatility, as you're saying. And and he's doing all of those things. And it's it's just 
just an absolute privilege to watch, to be honest. I think he's going to, I mean, he's, he's, he's kind of stepping into that false nine Firmino type role um, yeah. where he's not, he's not, as you were saying, he's not playing as high up in the pitch um, and be dead interested to see how that goes. Um, I think it's going to be quite exciting. I think we could see another, a really big scoring season for him. Apparently that role is the role that he played over at uh, Vizel Kobe before he came to us. Oh, well, there you go. That, that's so that's back, yeah. Back on his bike, taking the, the training wheels off, and he's just no, two, three pedals, and he's back at it again. So, well, if any of these, if the previous seasons to go by where that wasn't his sort of comfortable go-to role, and and actually he's going to go back to that sort of comfortability, Jesus, what we're going to see is something special out of him. It's, yep. He's he's definitely, um, and and it it means that maybe having different types of strikers even more. I mean, one of the things that I always thought O and Kyogo were t- was slightly similar. They were both kind of target men poachers. Um, they both like to play really um, close to the goalkeeper, so to speak. Um, now we're getting two different types of strikers and that just that just helps our depth, right? And that just helps types of games. We're getting back into the sort of um, Jakamakis. Do you know what I mean? We're starting to get like the, the other type of striker that we had. And now that we've got Owen Kyogo. It's funny you just brought him up because I was about to mention Jack Amakis in that dropping deep, get the ball and playing guys in. I would have loved to have seen him in that role. But yeah. at the same I thought he would have done some damage, you know, getting in, passing out and then making that run in, a short run with the crosses and that coming in. I thought that would have been interesting to see him because Jordan, I think it was his first 20 goals or 18 goals or just first touch finishes. So that would have been perfect. But then at the same time, you've got... Kyogo playing that role, you've got O coming on who's like a bigger version of him who can throw his weight around and loves looks like he loves the physicality. And then you've got Maeda when he plays as a striker, plays more the Vardy-esque sort of role where it's just be on the guy's shoulder, putting those runs in behind. So we've got different type of options as strikers. So it's good to – really good to see what's going on. But for sure, I'm going to bring up a comment from Mickey Moynihan as well about one player deep that we – to touch on it wasn't even on my list to discuss it's a good comment so i'm going to put it in there i'm concerned that the left back position seems to be getting singled out for exploitation greg taylor is a chink in our armor he needs upgraded now for me i thought greg taylor was if he wasn't our player of the season last year he was damn close to it before he got injured so yeah i rate him where my problem with Taylor at the moment is, is if we're playing with inverted fullbacks, it works. If we're not playing inverted, he's not a Rogers style fullback that's up and down the wing, getting to the byline, putting crosses in. He's never really been that sort for us. So I can understand where you're saying it needs upgraded, especially for in Europe, but I'd like to get your thoughts on it, John. I, I, it it feels kind of, it feels harsh to say um, I, I'm starting to feel like uh, Greg Taylor might be a much improved Johnny Hayes type character where we have this very good player who, who's good for the team and you wouldn't, you, you don't really like to say that we need to get better, but um, you do. Right. Uh, I think you're actually kind of, you hit the nail on the head there where He's better as the inverted. I don't think he ever, even when he was at Killy, he never really did that, you know, running up the line and big crossing. And he is good at that, um, but I don't think he can do it consistently for 90 minutes. Um, so, so I mean, I think Taylor's crossing is very good, in fact. I think he does. I think he's quite efficient at doing that. Um, and the the sort of coming in, uh, kind of like KT did very well, it won as a penalty, right? So the, the, the first penalty was because Taylor cut in and, and was going for goal and, and and that eventually led to a foul and got his penalty. So I don't think I don't think it's um I don't think he's a million miles off the type of character that we need. I think Barnaby is further away from what we actually need than Greg Taylor is. Um but I think Barnabas might be uh, more of that up and down the wing type character that I think Rogers would probably prefer. Um so it's again we're in this really awkward position where we kind of need a blend of the two. We, I, I think defense overall needs to be improved, um, but I do think left back uh, is is a weakness, and I think a second right back as well. But that's a different conversation. 
Um, but I joked last last time I was on about a loan for KT, but that's we just we just need that type of player again to 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 really do well in Europe again. We we need somebody with that type of uh, ability, just to the, the energy and and the and the uh, fitness and all maybe all of those things, just to run up a deck, almost play as a winger, um, but be defensively strong when needed. And um, I don't know if Taylor uh, if, if Taylor has all of that that we need um maybe we're just not in a position where we can get that right now maybe we're i mean we'll probably definitely try and um and we maybe we just can't get the right the right character or fee or whatever but yeah i think i think i think it's it's been on the cards for a while um but it's hard because exactly what you said jared he played phenomenally last season i think a lot of that is probably because he was playing in a at a very very strong celtic side um so it kind of brings the game up I think we're in a transition right now and it's showing deficiencies. I think that's also true of players like Hart as well. So, yeah. Yep. So it's a, hard, it's a hard, one to, hard one to take, but yeah, I, I agree. We need to improve. We had a comment from Stephen Ray here, which is, Taylor is too small and slow as a traditional fullback. He was targeted in Europe last year and will be again this year. Rogers played more 3-4-3 in Europe last year with Leicester. So that would basically be... Wing backs, wing backs more than likely defensively, and then push it forward. Yeah, and then RL seventy seven was like Taylor and Burnaway, but both but but teams will target their position because they're small, yep. and that, that's what it is there. So that actually, um, I think we'll just leave that bit there in terms of that individual players. Um. Debut boys, we've spoken about Narosky, how well he played. Home and Yang came off the bench. It's good to see them get their debut. Um, home looks a player. Yang looks a player as well. Uh, we need to see a bit more of them, though, to, to deep dive into what their games are like and how they'll work within the system and all that sort of thing. But it was good to see some guys coming off the bench. I'm going to go to you, John, with the with the big question, not the one in the subject, the the episode name about staff out. We're still hanging on to that for a little bit, but what, what's going on with Rio Hitade? What do you think's going on there? Do you think he's pushing for a move? Do you think he's just, um, you know, do you think there's something else going on? Like he's not training well enough or there's a language barrier between him and Brendan or what do you think's going on there? Northern Irish to Japanese is a particularly difficult translation. So, um, look, I, I don't know. Um, I think Hatate is still kind of raw. Um, he's he's still he still gives a lot of balls away when he's when he's on form and he's good. He's unplayable, right? And I, and and I I would always have him in a team. Like I said in the beginning, I would have probably probably moved out of, of just pig-headedness, but I'd probably have played Hatate in front of Turnbull anyway. Um, what, do I think he's taking a move? I think every single player um, when the transfer, transfer windows are open are always kind of looking for a better, like a step up and a, and a, and a pay rise and all those things. I don't think that necessarily means he's pushing for a move. He probably has had an agent whisper in his ear that other teams are interested and he's, you know, that's distracted him. I think only the very, very best uh, players and sports people sort of can manage that type of rumors and still maintain performances and 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 not kind of get their head sort of turned and stuff. And I I, I don't I don't think he's in a strop. I think he's probably I think like every good player he wants to start right and and he probably feels a bit gutted that Turnbull who who he beat in in the position for right. So Turnbull got dropped and Hatate was playing right. So. And now it's kind of reversed, and because they've got a new manager, and he's probably he's probably um, guided by that. But if he wants to continue at Celtic, he's he has to rise to those sort of challenges. We have to be fighting for positions, otherwise, before you know, the whole standard drops and performances drop and stuff. So, um, I just think it's I just think it's um, part of the game. I think uh, um, I think uh, football players have big egos, and he's probably it's probably bruises ego a little bit. But I don't think he's pushing. Um, I think it's just part of the game. I think we'll probably see lots of Hatate this season. And I think uh, he'll continue to get stronger, personally. Well, off the back of that, John, for me, I'm looking at it going, certain players suit different managers' systems better. 
and with Hatate coming over from Japan here and doing what he's done, like the last couple of years, I think it's going to take him a bit of time to get used to this sort of system. And I think it'd still work. But at the same time, commenting from Stephen Ray, where he goes, I think I didn't think Hatate would have started. I think Hatate gives the all the way too much for a Rogers team. Wouldn't be surprised if he was sold. So on that there, the fact that he does give the ball away, which I touched on earlier on in the pod, that's one for me where until he, you know, tidies that part of his game up, I don't think Brendan's going to feel like he can rely on him. He's had six games or whatever, seven games now to look at the way they play and see what's happening. But, yeah, it's a bit of a, uh, bit of a doozy, to be honest with you. I mean, if you just tied, if you were to, you know, wave a magic wand and tidy up that part of Hatate's game, he gets in in front of Turnbull and Matt O'Reilly every single day of the week. If you have a Hatate yeah. that has a, a high pass um, completion percentage and still manages to do those big, direct, um, sort of defense breaking passes, he's in the team every single week every single week and it, it is a people person like Rogers that will sort of um get that out in his game and sort of stuff. I don't th- I, I I don't think he's that far off it. I really don't think he's that far off it. I I, st- I still think he's I still think he's in, I don't think he's pushing for a move. I don't think Rogers thinks nah this isn't I don't I don't want this type of player. I think we're gonna play a lot of games in this season and I think we'll see a lot of Hatate um and I think you'll see him improve along with players like Barnabé, right, who are also dead, dead raw. Different different levels, but they're dead raw players. And they're still like mistakes in their game and stuff. And, well, something yeah. you just said there, John, just made the um, the press conference from after the game with, um, what's it called, O'Reilly and Turnbull, just popping in my head again. Because as O'Reilly said, we're going to play 60-odd games this season. We're in the league and three cups. For sure. So yeah. you've got that. So there's got to be rotation. We've got to have quality players. And as he said about Turnbull, like he should have played more last season and didn't. So that's, as I was saying, it's different players, different systems and everything like that. Atade will come good. Rogers has already said him on the Japan tour he doesn't want to sell him. So he will have to come good. He'll have to train and do it. But Rogers has also got to learn the players, like which player you put an arm around, which player you can give a kick up the ass. Because you have a look at the way O'Reilly's talking about Ange and he's like, it's not – like flat out just abusing him, but it's like it's like if you read between the lines of what he's saying, he seems to think that, you know, you know I think O'Reilly's more the sort you'd want to put an arm around and give him a little cuddle and be more approachable because he said that about Rogers being more approachable than Angel's. So Yeah, yeah. It's gonna work. Like maybe Hitade had that guy with the arm around him or maybe he responded better to Ange last year where he was constantly on his case and just like pushing him and that's just the way he is, and Rogers hasn't worked that out yet. So it's a matter of time to just get there and, you know, Rogers to learn what works and which buttons to push and when with all his players. Yeah. So it's early days. I'm not too worried about it. I do remember there was a game last season, um, I hope somebody can remember it, uh, where we were playing absolutely rotten in the first half, and it came out afterwards that Ange went into the dressing room and just unleashed on Hatate, like absolutely lost the plot. Um, and then second half, Hatate was unplayable. I think that <laughs> I think that's how Hatate responds. I think he needs the kick up the arse, so to speak. I don't think the uh, arm around the shoulder is going to work with a player like him. I do agree. Uh, and and maybe Rogers isn't that. I don't think Rogers is that type of manager. I don't think he's going to walk into a dressing room and kick bins and scream and uh, hair dryer treatment at all. He's he's not that type of manager. Um, so Hatate's got to learn to get that fire from himself. Um, otherwise, he's not going to work at Celtic because it's changed. It's a new regime, right? So, um, I have the manager motivating you all the time. Like It's your career nah. at the end of the day. It's not it. the, the Baffer's career. It's the players. If you're not up to it, you become a Marion Shred and you get moved on if That's you get it. too salty. So, Look, and, and you want players sometimes to spit the dummy. You want that. You want them to be really upset that they're not playing. What you also want is them to be the professional and the sportsman and then to take that resentment and turn it into fire and then, you know, put it into the training pitch and then eventually they're unplayable again. 
that's that's what you want. But we'll, we'll, I just you know watch the space. We'll see what happens. I, I think Hitate will be a big big player for the season. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Final thought here on Hatade to Stephen Ray's comment here, which is Hatade to Brighton with Billy Gilmore coming our way. No, thank you. Three things on that. One, Hatate <laughs> would be happy because he's best mates with Matoma there. Two, Billy Gilmore coming in would actually be the sort of number 10 that would suit the way Rogers plays and he would tick the boxes for homegrown quantities for Europe. Okay. Three, how good would the meltdown be coming out of Vibrox to go in the hoops? Like yeah. one of their youth players whose mum at his unveiling at Norwich when he went on loan. I refuse to touch the green part of the scarf <laughs> that she's holding and only help the yellow part. How, how much would that absolutely burn the joint to the ground over there? That would be hilarious. Yeah. Uh, we turned Scott Brown, so who knows? Nah, I don't, I, I don't rate Gilmore. I think he's, yeah, he's, I'm just, I think he's average I'm as just, shit. I'm just brought up for the laugh and then he got Alan Woods. Wouldn't want Billy Gilmore. The mother has filled him with hate. Margaret <laughs> Gilmer is on massive wages. People forget about it. Yeah, I'm just saying that for a laugh. I'm not saying it's actually going to happen. Like, nah. But that sort of yeah. player would work. What's yeah. that in Scotland? Sawing Gilmore, then forcing to marry the daughter of the Swiss guard. <laughs> yeah. Dude, you're off your chops. Yeah. You're going to love it. <laughs> okay. So we spoke about it. It's the name of the episode. Has Carl Starfelt played his last game for Celtic? So I'm going to bring up a few things here because the questions are, has Starfelt, is Starfelt leaving Celtic? To me, it looks like he is. All the reporting is that he is. We've discussed early on, he's 28 years old. He wants to be closer to his missus. He's, apparently his parents live in Portugal as well. So it ticks a lot of boxes for him, especially going to Celta Vigo, which is only like a three, four-hour drive down to Lisbon and all that sort of stuff. So. Makes sense for him. However, we've got some comments here. So Robert Robert Gibson's comment from early on in the pod, if Starfelt chases Jacinta, his next position will be under her thumb. Don't spit <laughs> your drink out, Johnny. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, Patrick McLaughlin here was... That was so badly the, timed. Pick the first team squad away from the Lassies team. <laughs> Pat Warren was... What's thoughts on Starfelt? I'm just going through here, seeing what else we've got. Uh, yeah. So we've got one other comment here from Stephen Ray, which ties into the next one. So I'll go to you, John. What's your thoughts? Is Starfelt leaving? Is he played his last game at Celtic? Uh, well, I mean, from Roger's comments, it, if it's not the last, it will be the second to last um, you, might, you might see him in the Dons game. I think he's gone. I think I think he's. You think he's decided? I think you know. Ah, we wanted to we, look, and it's not as if we didn't want to improve on him. It's not as if we're like absolutely gutted here that that Starfelt's moving on. We've all talked about how and um, we think he's good, but there's deficiencies, and we want to improve on him, and blah 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 blah. Right. So it's it's not like we're going to be um, begging him to stay. Uh, but he is good enough to uh, stick around. Um, and if you want to, you know, if he was, oh, I was going to say like the the next um, defensive pairing, but that's kind of a bit, it's kind of a step down for him, right? So um, I, I, I mean, I, I think he's good enough to stick around. 
Um, it, but as I think everybody's pointed out, I think he wants to be with his missus. And why Why would you not when your missus is Jacinta? Um, you, yeah. You, 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 you're you're going to move wherever. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, okay. He'll be left back in the bedroom. Yeah. Send an estimated big impression on staff out. Oh, uh, look, I, it's bigger things in football, I guess, if that's what he wants to do, he wants to move on. Um, yeah, like like I said before, we, it's not as if we were begging him to stay before all these rumours came out. We always wanted to improve on him. So Pete McJay's Rogers certainly made it sound like he was on his way out. Managers don't comment like that unless it's true. Yeah, and I, I would also say that Rogers is a type of manager as well that um, see if it's not like pretty much done, like already already signed or already agreed and were penned and stuff, and he wouldn't have said anything. He would have just you know, no comment esque uh, type of comment. Um, but yeah, I think Roger's comments just confirms it. He's he's off. He's gone. So we might we might see him in one more game. Might not. He said sometime next week, Rogers. So yeah. So talking about who will first of all, do we need to replace him? For me, yes, yes we do. We're strengthening the squad. Yeah, I said last week we got six centre backs on the books already with. Carter Vickers, Starfelt, Noroski. You got Scales, Kobayashi, Welsh. There's six. Realistically, Kobayashi will probably go on loan. Um, and then if you if you get to a game where, say, if Carter Vickers is out hurt or Noroski's suspended or whatever, and you're down this having to play Scales or Welsh, it's a bit of a drop off. So we definitely do need to bring someone in. Yep, I think we're all agreeing that across the pretty much the whole. Sub- Porter based. So it's just yeah. a matter of who do we bring in to replace him? Now, I'm going to bring up this comment here from Stephen Ray. Rumors about Scott McKenna to replace staff out big and quick, natural left center back who qualifies as homegrown and in the last year of his deal at Nottingham Forest. Also, for me, Hart needs upgraded and moved to backup. The Hart situation, yeah, we all agree that needs to be addressed. But then McKenna, I feel like we're in a time warp. And we're going yeah. back again to Lenny's season when we were rumored to him. So Alan Woods was talk of talk of McKenna. Please no, he'll be on big wages. Michael Ross, no, no, no to McKenna. Mickey Moynihan, McKenna is a donkey. Yeah, he's, he's driftwood. He's just a big fucking lump. I, I, he's, I don't think he's the type of player that we want. Scott Patrick McLaughlin, Scott McKenna equals John Suter. Stay away from him. Craigie Craigie White is CCV is the main attraction. Bye bye, Carl. We move on to an upgrade. So, realistically, I think the majority of us don't really want don't really want him. Now, I can understand the talk and the reason on why it's McKenna. But there you go. B's comment here is McKenna is the new Gary Caldwell. No th- thanks. So yeah, some people are saying five million, others are saying nine million. So yeah, I'll just look at it and go, I don't think McKenna's the one. Now Xavier Mumbyama from Volendam in in um in Holland. So this is Patrick's referring to in this company. I'd like to see us go for the Dutch lad who's moved to San Pretoria, broke down his staff out That's who that is, six foot four. Uh, scored five goals last season and team that's managed to stay up. He's basically very similar sort of build and player type of image. So come through the Chelsea and Barcelona youth system. The talk is like, you could pick him up for two to three million because of last year of his contract and a bunch of other things. So if we can get him, get in, get it done. Yeah. That's that's more of the calibre that I think Celtic's going to go for. Um, I think just as just to quickly comment on the the other defence that we have, I don't really think we've got six contenders. Kobayashi, I th- oh God, I do think he's done. And I think he's done because he still had some proving to do. Um, and then Rogers came in and I think that's even harder to do. So I don't think he's, I don't think he's there. I don't think scales is what we're looking for, which means really we're going to be left with Welsh. We need another one as we're, as we're talking about. Um, McKenna's not the, the cut that we're looking for um, as that type of role is the sort of backup one to train potentially being a first team. Um, the, the Dutch lad, um, 
I think is um, Muyaba, Muyamba. Um, I think uh, uh, if we sign him, I've got to get used to saying that. Um, I think he's uh, looks good. He reminds me a lot of Julian, that big, tall, thin um, defensive player. Um, scores goals, uh, and yeah, played played almost thirty games last season in the Dutch league. So he's 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 definitely up there, right? So he's he's um, he's from good stock. So I think that would be more likely what uh, we sign. Uh, and have sort of Welsh and him as our next two um, defensive centre-backs. Yep, 100%. So there was a post on Twitter on um, everything Celtic page about the Starfelt replacements. So it's a good point here. So a name Celtic have already had on their list and target for a good reason is Xavier Muyamba. The 21-year-old is down six Foot forwards given helped Volendam's side retain the Eredivisie status and even bag five goals. Another one that they're saying we linked with is an all-rounded left-footed centre back, Maxine Stevie, has been all the attributes. He's six foot four, technically gifted, quick, strong in the tackle, and the Montpellier man has bags potential to discover for only for only a twenty-one-year-old. And then, if you want to get Bernabeu, mate, we can get Valentin and Gomez, twenty-one-year-old Argentinian left centre back. You start every match in the under-20 World Cup. He's quick, comfortable on the ball, aggressive, and yeah, he plays at Valles in Argentina. So that could be another potential left field solution there. So I think realistically, as you said, John, we've got to get someone to – Carter Vickers plays right, right centre-back. Noroski plays left centre-back. We need a backup for each of them who's quality. Yep, yep. And I think quality, you've said that. By quality, I mean – who could start for us? We need at least one guy who start who could start at Champions League level for us, if need be. The way Yen stepped in last season, yeah, but yeah. hopefully a better player than him. But then we also need someone underneath that, that production line that we talk about. So whether that's the fourth string centre back is either Kobayashi or the fourth string centre back is, say, Scales, for instance, as a left centre back playing under Narosky. That could work if the club wants to go go the Peter Law or Skint Co sort of Skint sort of thing and just you know not spend fierce amounts. Yep. <laughs> I deliberately, I knew I'd get a bite for that comment about you know Burner Bay's and get him a mate. <laughs> it gives. <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah, well, um, there's plenty of options there. I'm sure we'll we'll get someone because as Brendan said in in a, another post was. If staff out leaves, we want to bring someone in. So, um, yeah, we need to strengthen the squad. So off we go. And it's yeah. dead surprising from from what we were talking about last week or whatever it was. Um, the amount of players that we need out the door and we're still talking about actually the players that we want to come in. You know, we could have... We could have 15, 16 players leave in the next two, three seasons. That's pretty mad numbers when you think about it. Look, you go through the the wage list that was out at the end of last season for the players, right? And the guys we've got under contract who aren't playing, like Sorrow, Ayeti, Barkasi, even though now he's left, and a bunch of other guys in there, McCarthy and all these guys. If we if we get can move these guys on, we're going to throw about a hundred grand in our wage bill a week. <laughs> so if what? you take that, if you take that out off. And then you look at it and go, okay, we managed to bring in these three players that we're all talking about, these, you know, six to nine, 10 million pound players that we need. So if we bring them in and you're paying them 30, 30, 35 grand each, you covered it without even expanding your wage bill. It's perfect Mm. business, but we've got to somehow manage to get guys out first to be able to do it. Yep. I mean, I don't think we, I don't think we financially need to, but I think just for that sort of small cohesion of a, of your first squad, um, unless you're doing dead ruthless stuff, which I probably don't know. I have no idea if they do, but like you only train the ones that are actually squad players and everybody else go fucking do whatever you want to do. Just go work it out and do it over in the corner over there. So sort of I think, I don't know if we do that. So, but we, um, unless you do that, then I, I guess it's just a mitigated risk of how can we afford to keep McCarthy on for another five years? 
I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's probably we can afford it whether he plays or not. Do you know what I mean? So, if only there was a reserve league, John, in Scotland, that these guys could actually still get a game every week, even though they're not playing the first team. So, scouts come down the road or whatever could come in and have a look and be like, oh, this player would fit in our team. Cool. Or here's some game tape from their agents that they can give to other clubs to look at. This is what I've been doing for the last six months. I'm not playing the first team, but this is the development I've had over the course of a season. Now get me a move. Oh, yeah, he's been playing football manager, hasn't he? That's what he's been doing. He's been yep. doing nothing. 100%, yeah. mate. Anyway, there's got to be a better way, but we've got to get some dead wood out for sure. students to strengthen the first team. Now, last thing for the pod, we're talking about it. Everyone in the comment section, please fill it up with laughing emojis, whatever. Let's all laugh at the, the Huns losing 1-0 to Killy. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Good to see good to see them losing. Like all the talk all preseason is oh, they spent 17 million, they brought in all these players. Beal's got his um his players in. It's gonna be crazy. And as I said, they're like a bunch of hammer throwers. So like my yeah. thoughts watching the highlights of their game was yeah, they are big across the pitch like we looked at, but the goal they conceded, the ball was on the ground at the six-yard box and none of their defenders or midfielders around him could get a foot to it around a shorter, more technical midfielder. Like, it says it all. So realistically, you go into the games, when we play them, it's going to come down to who gets the game played on their terms. Are they going to be getting their free kicks, getting their corners and trying to bully us and play over the top? Or are we going to have the ball in the deck and pass them, pass them to death? That's yeah. what the game's going to come down to. But I don't fear them at all. Nah. We strengthen a couple more. Um, yeah, we're fine. They, uh, unsurprisingly, deluded themselves with how much they actually had to to build. And it's, they, they had they've a much, much bigger build than, than they realised. And, yeah, they were showing up, which is good to see. It's good to see the meltdown after one game. That's what that's prime prime Servco. That's brilliant. <laughs> that's all I've got to say. Anyway, I think we'll leave it there. Uh, Thursday's podcast, seven thirty Melbourne time. I'm not sure what time exactly that is over in Scotland, but it'll be in the morning. Tune in. We'll um, preview the weekend's games. Talk about any further news thing that's popped up in the in, over the next few days. Until then, thanks for joining us. Hit the like button on all the social media posts. Follow us on Twitter or X or whatever it is. Give us a like, like the video, subscribe on YouTube, and uh, yeah, thanks for tuning in. Hail, hail. Hail, hail. Podcast Network.